Hello, musical theatre fans. Welcome to the Mayor of Musical Theatre podcast. My name is Ian Boquet, and every week I talk to a special guest about the musicals that made them the way that they are. That's uh, sounding a bit judgy, but I only interview absolutely incredible people. So really, it's a series of tips on how you too can become absolutely incredible just by listening to some musical theatre, which we are all doing anyway, let's face it. So win, 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 wins all around. Today's guest is no exception to that absolutely incredible rule. Today we're hearing about the favourite musicals of Francis Maley McCann, a mind-blowingly brilliant performer who is currently starring as Bonnie Parker in the Garrick Theatre's hit show Bonnie and Clyde. You might also have seen her in huge shows like Heather's, Les Mis or Evita. She is amazing in everything she does. Frances was kind enough to invite her into her dressing room backstage at the Garrick Theatre for this episode, so apologies for any background noise of other actors making a racket and being over-excitable the way that actors are, bless their hearts. It's all part of the vibes of being backstage. This podcast is produced in association with Musical Theatre Review, currently celebrating its 10th anniversary as your premier source of news reviews and interviews on all things onstage, backstage and worldwide. Check them out at musicaltheatrereview.com and on Twitter at at musicaltheatrer. You can also follow this show on the socials at at MusicalMarePod. If you haven't already seen it, or if like me you only saw it during its run at the Arts Theatre, make sure you don't miss out on Bonnie and Clyde at the Garrick Theatre in London. Tickets are available at bonnieandclydemusical.com, as well as all the other usual ticket outlets. The shows are, as you'll hear in this interview, the shows are selling out pretty consistently, but if you're quick, you might just be able to get yourself some good seats. Now, let's learn more about Francis Maley McCann's favourite musicals. We're really, we're really like digging here. We're really clutching the straws. Welcome to the Mayor of Musical Theatre podcast. I am musical theatre composer, reviewer, photographer, and now podcaster slash fake mayor Ian Boquet. But I am far, far less worthy of the title of Mayor of Musical Theatre than my guest today. We are joined by the phenomenon that is Francis Maley McCann, who is currently starring in Bonnie and Clyde, a musical about the murderous criminal duo who stole the uneasy admiration as well as the property and sometimes the lives of the 1930s American public. The show has proved a huge hit with audiences. It's one of the most exciting new musicals to hit the West End in years, and that is due in no small part to Francis's electric performance as Bonnie. Before this show, you might also have seen her in Heather's, Les Mis or Evita. She's a brilliant performer and she's been kind enough to let us record in her dressing room backstage at the Garrick Theatre. Francis Maley McCann, thank you so much for talking to us about your favourite musicals today. Hello, thank you for having me. Of course. I mean, thank you for having us in your dressing room backstage. <laughs> um, do you want to give our listeners a bit of an audio description of your dressing room? What do you do to sure. make it, in, you know, to decompress from the world of crime and gore on stage? It is a lovely dressing room. We've got this nice L-shaped sofa. There's floorboards, which is kind of unusual for a dressing room. Usually mm. there's carpet, but these lovely wooden floorboards. There's a fireplace. Which is not in use. I think that would be a bit of a hazard. Um, and yeah, lots of mirrors. Oh, okay. You know, just to triple check myself, my costume before I go on stage. But yes, it's a lovely, lovely atmospheric room. Spend a lot of time doing makeup and then you'll definitely notice one thing wrong before you go out on stage. Yes. Mirrors ensure that. <laughs> um, it is really gorgeous here. It's an old building. How is it in the Garrick Theatre so far? Do you know, it's really nice being in the Garrick. It's just it's a bigger space obviously so we've got enough space for the bigger cast um the arts was great but 
I think the production and the arts was quite ambitious. So we during tech, we had to cut a lot of set pieces and scale back on things. Whereas now it's like, oh, we actually have the space that we can put things back in and all those original ideas can, you know, have a home at the Garrick. So it's nice to be able to be doing it again in a bigger space. And also there's changes. So, um, yeah, it's fun to be getting another go at it. That is really tantalising. I saw it twice at the Arts Theatre and I was blown away by how amazing, how big it was. Mm. So you're saying that there's even bigger stuff. There's more things to see. Yeah, there was a lot of pieces of set that we had to cut because there's simply no wing space in the arts. And now we feel a bit spoiled, really. (laughs) So I don't want to give too much away. I mean, in terms of how it looks, it is mostly the same, I would say but there's some songs that have been added and cut and scenes and uh, I guess cast members that have changed. So without giving it away, we still have five weeks left. So you should come catch it yourself while you can. Absolutely. I mean, it's selling really well so far, but there's always the options. There's a Today Takes Rush tickets. Mm-hmm. There's, there's always seats you can pick up here and there. And the fans they are coming in their droves. They are coming multiple performances every week. They're dressing up. And that must be incredible to be a part of a show. There's that sort of phenomenon. Yeah, absolutely. Like coming out of stage door, you just, it's not something that you can take for granted. Like it's amazing to have that following and the appreciation of the show. And when people say, you know, this is my fourth time seeing it or my 40th time seeing it, it's just incredible that, you know, we have that impact that, it's a show that someone would enjoy so much that they want to come back time and time again. Yes. Because I think there's only maybe a couple of shows that I've seen more than once. So to love something that much, you know, thank you for coming back and supporting us. It's one of those shows that's been sort of bubbling under the surface for a while before it came to London. There's the um, the American recording with Jeremy Jordan. And that obviously was a big sensation. So everyone knows the songs. Everyone's really excited about it. But I think there's also something about it. It's set in the great depression there's teenagers who are thrown into this hopeless economy and they want to rebel against it i think there's something really connecting to young audiences about that as well yeah for sure i mean i think you know the first thing is the music that's all Mm. we had access to for the last 10 years we've never had the show put on here in the uk so everyone knows the soundtrack and loves the soundtrack so we Mm. all wanted to hear it but i think you know there are some similarities in that we just went through a lockdown and mm. that's very restrictive, as was, I mean, not in comparison, but it's something we can kind of relate to. But with them going through the Great Depression, people are struggling. Yeah. And with these, let's say, kids, because they were very, very young, people almost like admired them and looked up to them. That's why they had this celebrity status, because you know what? Good for them. They're going out and making the most of their life. And I think maybe that's why young audiences find this appeal with it, because they were young and they were just make the most out of a bad situation and living this carefree life. I'm not saying go out and be (laughs) murderers and criminals, but there's something about them being bad and in love and the passion and the drive that Mm. is exciting and thrilling to watch and experience. A hundred percent. I think you have to give young audiences a lot of credit these days. Um, Shows like this, shows like Heather's, which are so popular, they're dark, they're they're morally questionable. But um, I think young audiences really understand what they're doing and they can appreciate that I don't want to go and rob a bank, but I do want to embrace the spirit of rebellion and hear a good story told. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's not shows that are aimed for this particular age group because we have people of all ages coming to see it but it's just so exciting that you know people of a certain age like do 
come back and appreciate it and are inspired by these stories. Not again, not inspired <laughs> to go be criminals, but just the, yeah, the passion and the drive that they recognize in the characters mm. is hopefully what's inspiring. Well, speaking of inspiring, something we have to address, the objectification of your co-star, Jordan Luke Gage, mm. who is an amazingly talented performer. Mm-hmm. But I've talked to a lot of people who have seen this show and they'll talk about how great the songs are, how great every actor in the show is. And then they always say, and Jordan Luke Gage is the most handsome man I've seen <laughs> in my life. So can you can you share with us any awful off-putting backstage secrets, anything, any annoying habits he has, just so we can stop objectifying him? I, uh, I wish I could. Oh, thanks I guess... <laughs> Oh God, we're really, we're really like digging here. We're really clutching at straws. I think the only thing is, oh my gosh, is there anything? I'm, I'm going to say he eats too many of my sweets. Oh, well, awful man. No, one. I know. How dare he? But um, no, he is a gorgeous human being on and off stage. Just like the kindest, most generous actor to share the stage with. And yeah, just gorgeous. In the audition, I remember... Nick, our director, asking Jordan to sing Bonnie to me. Mm. And then when Jordan left the room, Nick was like, how was that? And I was like, yeah, he can sing that to me every night. Go, like, I'll happily, you know, look into his eyes as he sings that. So he is... A lovely, lovely man. <laughs> well, the rest of us will just have to feel bad about ourselves <laughs> the rest of the time. So you've been playing these roles together for quite a while mm. now. Has there ever been a temptation for a special Christmas performance where you play Clyde and Jordan <laughs> plays Bonnie? There, do you know what? It's not been properly, realistically talked about, but we do dream about it because it's not an often like we get a question of what other role in the show would you like to play? Yeah. And... If it's not Clyde, then it's the preacher because the preacher gets two incredible songs. Mm. And uh, I think it was in rehearsals one day. I was not in the room and they were running Love Who You Love. So Jordan stepped up and sang my part, which he knew and could sing. So, you know, there may be like a role switching duet one day. I'd love a shot at When I Drive. So, you, you know, never say never. (laughs) That would be incredible. It must just be torture sitting there backstage hearing these great songs going on. You've got your own great songs coming up Mm -hmm. later in the show, but hearing When I Drive, uh, Raise a Little Hell. Yeah, When I Drive, it's the one song, well, not the one song, they all get stuck in my head. It changes day to day, Mm -hmm. but that one's like the standout for the song that will be in my head as I go to sleep or as I wake up. Just like, yeah, the tunes are just like incredible. They absolutely are. So you've you've built a career in musical theatre now. What was the first show that really got you into musical theatre? Was there one that really sparked your interest? Um, so like growing up, I wasn't we like as a family we didn't really go to the theatre. Okay, I loved to sing and dance and act. So then I went into stage school, um, and I would see some shows, but I think it was like the first trip to London. Because we loved the music in college, we loved the music of Parade, mm. and we came to see the production of Parade at the Donmar, and it's honestly still to this day one of the best things I've ever seen. Wow! And I don't think I've ever been moved by a production as much as when I saw that. It was like wow, the talent, the show, everything about it was just so incredible. So I think that was really a moment that sparked my inspiration and want to be making this as a career. I mean, what a start. A lot of people, you know, start with Joseph or whatever and work their I way think, up. <laughs> I think that is, Joseph was like the first thing that I saw. Yeah. And I know, like, I remember that as being the first thing that I saw, but I don't 
really remember the show because I was quite young. Sure. But I remember Parade really moving me. And that was quite late on as well. Okay. And um, were there dreams you had before Parade that you might have gone in a different career path had you not seen Parade? Um, no, not really. I think because I had started singing and dancing when I was so young that I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a go. If it doesn't work, then I'll, you know, retrain as something else, but never gave it any serious thought. Um, okay. Just always had a passion for this and wanted to make it work. And your family who weren't theatre people, are they theatre people now? Have oh, you converted yeah. them? Great. Yeah, I think they all had to come see my shows as a kid. You know, the summer shows, the winter shows, the pantos. Yeah, they were all the time. And then what was amazing is when I got like my first few jobs professional theater jobs and they were like oh wow like you know this is top quality professional you can do this as a career so now I think yeah my family's totally changed and they'll go see loads of theater and just have a different appreciation for it now that's really lovely. Yeah. Um, we were just talking about the songs of Bonnie and Clyde getting stuck in your head a lot, mm-hmm. which I imagine is a blessing and a curse. They're great songs, but you're doing it so many shows a week yeah. all the time. Are there any other musical scores that get stuck in your head all the time? I don't think any scores themselves in particular. There's like probably musical theatre songs like individually that will find myself mm. singing. And I don't know if it's because I'm part of Bonnie and Clyde, I'm hearing it every day. But if I wasn't part of it and I'd saw it, I would probably leave singing one of the songs every night anyway, just because they're so catchy. I mean, Frank Wildhorn, he's from a pop R&B background. So naturally, people are going to remember them. Yeah, you can hear the pop, the rock, the R&B, the soul in them. It's a fantastic score. Um, When I found out I was going to do this interview with you, I thought, okay, I'll give that that American recording another listen to remind Mm -hmm. myself of the songs. They got stuck in my head, been (laughs) listening to it every day in the gym. It's an addictive, addictive score. It's so good. So apart from Bonnie and Clyde, though, what is your favourite other musical currently running in London? Um, I really loved Cabaret. Oh, yeah. And I have seen productions of it before. So I know the story. And yet it still shocked me. You know, that scene at the end of Act One. Mm. I know what's coming. And yet I'm still shocked by it. And I think probably because it's like a new take a new production and it's just so incredible I just yeah I really loved it it's something I think one of those shows that I could go see time and time again and especially because they keep changing the cast you're intrigued you want to see how other people interpret these roles um yeah so I would say Cabaret it's a very timely show as well. Mm, oh, the absolutely. Creeping rise of fascism. And yeah. you can feel it in the audience. Mm, mm-hmm, you yeah. can feel it when you're in that room. Oh gosh, absolutely. It's just, it's scary how you think you've moved on. And then yeah. a piece like this comes back and it's like, oh no, actually, we're not moving any further forward. <laughs> Terrifyingly. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of great people going into those roles, is that a show that you could see yourself in one day? It's a lot of audience interaction. It's very different yeah. in some ways. I mean, I would love to. Uh, yeah I would love to let's leave it at that <laughs> good point I don't I'm offering these things I don't have the power but if only which musical has made you laugh the most so I was how many years ago now I went to New York and I saw Peter and the Starcatcher on Broadway it was there was just this one scene um what was the guy at the end had like this big mustache and he does this mono and I've I remember laughing so hard at that moment. But then most recently would probably be Back to the Future. Oh, that's and so good. Yes. I think 
<clears throat> pardon me, is it Raw Roger Bart? Yes, yes. So funny. And him and Ben plays Marty McFly, just the relationship they had and they bounced yeah. off each other and the interaction that they had with the audience, just those little looks. <laughs> it was so funny and so entertaining. So that's probably the more recent show that has really made me laugh out loud. It's so great because a lot of it is the old jokes from the film and things, mm. but it's still just as good because it's performed so well and they're the little tweaks, they're the little things that the actors do to make it even better. Yeah, and it's an old film. So mm. although like you might get these younger audiences coming in that aren't so aware and part of the cult following, I don't think you need to be aware so much of the nuances in the film because it's just portrayed so well. 100%. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of comedy in, especially Heather's that you've done, mm. and definitely Bonnie and Clyde as well. Do you find comedy was something that you had to learn, like someone learns to play an instrument or learns to dance, or was it something that comes naturally to you? I think there's, def you know, there's definitely nuances to it and timings, but also you can't try too hard. You can't push it because that will just kill the joke. I think it's dependent mm. on what the material is. You're right, there's a psychology about it. Yeah. If you see someone really pushing and desperate for yeah. it. Because if you try too hard, then it's just not going to be funny. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know if it comes naturally. Um, I definitely overthink it. So let's not overthink it now. <laughs> <laughs> yep, sorry, don't want to ruin your <laughs> performance tonight. <laughs> so this is Frances. Thank you so much to her again for being such an incredible guest, as well as letting us record in her dressing room backstage at the Garrick Theatre. Just wanted to pop up again to remind you, you can get some tickets to Bonnie and Clyde at bonnieandclydemusical.com if there are any left, be quick. Um, make sure you do that. It's selling very quick and it's ending soon. Now, let's get back to the chat. What is your favourite movie musical? One, I mean, one of my favourites is West Side Story. Gorgeous. The original. Um, I love the new version as well, but even before the, the new version was a thing, West Side Story, that original film and that musical and that score has always been one of my favorites um the opening like the prologue and the music and the dancing I just that those first 10 15 minutes I could just watch that all day yeah there's something about that score it's oh, it's I incredible mean, every element of it the choreography mm -hmm. the the filmography everything it's fantastic but that score especially yeah I obviously I live in London now so I don't drive but back when I was driving around in Birmingham <laughs> in the car with that score on full blast mm -hmm. it's just moving it's, it's so powerful. beautiful yeah there's something quite cinematic about bonnie and clyde we keep talking about bonnie and clyde <laughs> why shouldn't we <laughs> right. um, but there's something quite cinematic about this musical i love the sense of impending dread as it gets towards the mm. end it, it does feel very cinematic do you think there could be a musical bonnie and clyde film one day i mean that would be great i don't see why not like mm. the film of bonnie and clyde was just so long ago now mm. um and they just keep popping up in popular culture and songs and reference. Like once you think of Bonnie and Clyde and you listen to songs and how many times they come up in different songs is incredible. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they're still, you know, very much mentioned today. And I think a new version with the songs would be amazing. And I do think it would do really well. Would you, if you were offered hypothetically, I keep offering you parts here. If you're <laughs> offered the part, would you do it? Are you interested in screen acting at all? Oh, yeah. So last year after Bonnie and Clyde, I filmed a series called Silver Point, um, mm. which I don't know, should be released in a couple months or so, I hope. It's exciting. Um, yeah. So I've kind of been really fortunate in my career that I've 
done musicals and plays and screen I've managed to just keep changing what I do which has been really nice and exciting to just have that variety Mm. and change things up how is switching the gear between trying to project the person right at the back of the Garrick Theatre and then trying to keep it small and contained for the camera? Yeah, it's funny because there is a big difference, <laughs> especially, you know, if I start auditioning now whilst I'm doing a stage show for screen, yeah. just how much you have to scale it back that I almost feel, oh, I'm not doing enough because it's so much smaller, but actually I might still be overacting <laughs> because yeah. on screen it's just so contained. Mm. Um And then when you actually do film, it's scary because you just, you don't get the immediate reaction from the audience. And, you know, that's that scene done, moving on. And you just have to trust that what you've done is is good. Terrifying. I can't imagine. It's not as if you have another seven shows that week to perfect it. Exactly. Yeah. And there's not a big rehearsal schedule that, you know, you can find exactly the beats of the scene. It's very different. I suppose you do have the option to just not watch it afterwards. Oh, yeah. And I don't like to watch myself or hear myself back. <laughs> oh, I, mean, I edit a podcast with my voice on it now, so yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, hell. it's hell. Which musical might people be surprised to learn you love? It could be something at odds with your personality or a guilty pleasure. Um, I guess a guilty pleasure. Um, no, I've only seen it once. Okay. And it was Cats at the Palladium. Okay. And now Cats is like really old school. I think people would probably say it's a bit outdated and all of that, but I loved it. I was sitting like first or second row in the stalls at the like at the Palladium. It was huge. Yeah. And the dancing was incredible. The talent of, you know, that cast and then Beverly Knight came out and sang Memory and I was blown away. Yeah. Um so actually, I think at that time or that day in my life I was quite down so we went to the theatre and that just turned my day around and I always remember it for that reason so yeah people might not appreciate cats but I do for that reason well you say it's a possibly a bit old-fashioned now but it there's still nothing else like it out there yeah nothing yeah it was revolutionary when it came out and it's a very distinctive show Mm, mm -hmm. though you can't argue with those melodies either yeah so I guess that's not an embarrassing guilty pleasure like no. It was a bit, it was a big deal. <laughs> I feel guilty about that. Um, yeah, doing this podcast, I've had cats answered for literally every single question. So oh nothing to be guilty about yeah. anymore. You can admit you love cats. <laughs> what do you think is the most romantic musical? Do you think you're a romantic, sentimental sort of person? I don't think so. <laughs> um, I'm probably more cynical, if anything. Um, but I do think, oh, I said sorry. Solid choice. Yeah. It's amazing how romantic they make it and you learn, you don't really learn that much about the two main characters, Mm -hmm. but you still get so swept up in it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like the last scene, it's so tragic and the mute, oh God, just keep going back to that music. How can you not Mm. fall in love with it? The tragedy of that last scene. It's so romantic and it's so utterly heartbreaking Mm -hmm. as well. The the don't touch him, the tears. Yeah. Yeah. West Side Story. Oh, I want to watch it now. (laughs) We've got time before the show, haven't we? We've got time. <laughs> what musical have you never seen that you think you should have seen? Um, so actually, I've never seen Phantom. Me too. Dirty really? Secret. I haven't. It's one of those that never has cheap ticket offers. Oh, so yeah. I feel like I, ne- I can mm-hmm. never justify it. And- yeah. I just, I think it's one of those things like it's always there. Mm, that's true. It's, you know, probably going to be there forever. 
so there's no rush to see it. Whereas so many shows come in for limited runs and you think, all right, I need to see that before it goes. You've sent six weeks left of Bonnie and Clyde. Exactly, come see us. <laughs> so something like Phantom, it's always going to be there. Oh, I'll see it at some point. But I don't know. It's just not something that calls to me that I want to see. From what I know about the plot, it does sound a little bit creepy. Yeah. I don't know. It's just not my style. Although saying that, I did watch a concert recording. Okay. Um, during the lockdown and i loved it i thought the concert was incredible so i guess i have seen it in a way just not live on stage yeah and i suppose the the melodies of the songs you'll probably know them from a million different cabarets and things anyway yeah. and have you seen the <laughs> the, um, the film version no i haven't no me neither yeah see that's an easy one i could cure and i still have exactly. there's something about phantom i don't know why <laughs> Well, probably not Phantom of the Opera because that is a bit creepy, but which musical's fictional world would you most like to live in? Um, I'm going to say Wicked. Oh, so a darker version of Oz. Yeah. Okay. I, I love the costumes. Who doesn't? So when they go to the Emerald City and the ensemble come out in all those like green, fabulous costumes, mm. I want to wear one of them. Yeah. And... The fact that like they have living animals, obviously living animals are living, like the, the Dr. Delamond. The talking animals. Yes, yeah, the talking yeah. animals. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just think it's fabulous. Let's go with that. Wicked. It really is. And there's a movie coming out soon. I don't know if you've I seen know. the behind the scenes clips of Oz that they're building. Yeah. Watching those clips, it's like, I want to live in that little village. It looks, it yeah. looks beautiful. Can't wait to see it. It's going to, what, next year? Yeah, I think it said end of 2024 or something. Oh, and it's so going to be away. two films, so yeah. twice as long to wait before oh. we get for good. And yeah, it'll <laughs> be epic though. Um, is Wicked a big musical in your life? I know a lot of people love Wicked the way people love Bonnie and Clyde, go mm. back all the time. I think actually um, Wicked was the first West End show that I saw. It's a great start. Mm. So how long ago was that? Do you remember which cast it was? Uh, it was, I think, one of the first... Like, I don't know how long Idina Menzel did it for, but it was Kerry Ellis because she did it straight after oh, Idina Menzel, didn't she? I'm interviewing her next week. Oh, are you? Yes. Amazing, amazing, Alphaba. Yeah. So yeah. that was um, the first show that I saw. And it was, you know, this huge new musical that everyone was obsessed with, everyone wanted to see. So I was so excited to go see it. I've still got like my wicked jumper that I bought when I went to see it. <laughs> yeah. I had a great time. It's such a good show. Yeah, it is. I still, like, even after so long, it's, I think it's still, like, one of the best. Well, yeah, audience is still going. Mm, They're making yeah. a film. There'll be even more audiences yeah, going to it after exactly. that. I don't know if you've seen the clips as well from, like, the Brazilian production where Alphabet's just flying out over the crowd. Oh, wow. And no, I've not seen that. I, th I think the, as time goes by and the older production maybe evolves a bit mm -hmm. more, we're going to see even more innovative stagings of it. Yeah, which would be amazing because... It's spectacular enough. Yeah. Well, if you could buy one of those... Wicked Emerald City costumes, would you be the sort who dresses up in it and goes to see the show? Oh, no. I don't oh. imagine they're that comfortable to sit in. That's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's one that's just like a big egg with legs or something. Mm. And yeah, okay. That was fun. <laughs> well, speaking of radical restagings of Wicked, if you were to direct a radical restaging of a classic musical, which would you choose to bring up to date? I would choose Chicago. Okay. okay. Um, like, I love Chicago. And it's just... It's always been the same production. That's true. Which is great. I don't know, like, if that's something to do with, you know, the Fosse choreography and direction, but I think it'd be really cool to do, like, an immersive production of it. 
Yes, that would be so good. Yeah. And I've always thought about this for years. So don't give my idea away, even though this is on a podcast. (laughs) But I think it would be really, really cool. And to do some interesting castings that don't just follow the norm that we're used to. I think, yeah, that's one show that we could definitely see more up to date. 100%. 100%. I mean, as you, we were talking about Cabaret earlier, the immersive production mm, of that, mm-hmm. there's Guys and Dolls, the immersive production. Yeah. I feel like those two. Yeah, sure. I don't know, <laughs> musical theatre multiplication, but <laughs> something like that. Yeah, and the living in that Chicago world, a slightly dangerous, mm-hmm. but also fun, jazzy. Yeah. Be incredible. Yeah, just like the whole dark, moody setting would be yeah. really cool. Do you have any interest in getting into directing and more behind the scenes of musical theatre? Um, I mean, never say never. Definitely being part of Bonnie and Clyde and I love working with Nick because he's so collaborative and Mm. it's not just like stepping into a long running show where it's already set out before you you really have a voice and get to bring your ideas to the table which is really nice and exciting and a gift as an actor just not to you know read what's on the page you actually get to have a say and a point yeah so having done this now for the past year it's definitely sparked an interest in the creative side of things. Um, I mean, yeah, like I said, never say never, but it's not something at this moment that I'm actively trying to pursue. It seems like a lot of work, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. There's a lot to it that I'm just not aware of either. (laughs) Like seeing all that Nick does with the the meetings and the production side of things, it's like, it's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Um, A couple of years ago, I I put on one of my shows, Above a Pub, a cast of three. Mm -hmm. It nearly killed me the amount of work it was. And that was just a tiny little show, Above a Pub. I can't imagine a whole West End show like this. Yeah. So let's just, well, you know, put that one on the back burner. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Well, the big question, to give you even more power than a director. If you were the mayor of musical theatre, if you had that power, which show would you order be staged forever so you can go see it whenever you want and in which venue? Uh, Okay, so... I'm going to be selfish and say Here Lies Love, okay. which I did at the Dorfman Theatre, mm. the National, going back, what, eight years now? And it's about to open on Broadway in a couple of months. And it was so much fun. Yeah. It was like, nine, for you that like, don't know about it, it was 90 minutes straight through, disco music by Fatboy Slim and David Byrne, about Imelda Marcos, the first lady of the Philippines. And there was a like a dance floor, like a pit for the audience. Oh, wow. And also seating. It was just the most fun. And it was over so quickly and it completely sold out. And we never got mm-hmm. to transfer because it was just such a specific space. Mm-hmm. So I would say back at the Dorfman and it can run forever because everyone needs <laughs> to see it and experience it. And it was just so uplifting and so much fun, like a night out at the theatre, but it's actually a night out, out. <laughs> that sounds incredible. It was. Uh, wow. I would love to do it again. And so you're very much casting yourself in this. Oh, yeah. So it's, if it's always going to be there, I can just pop in and out when I feel like it. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Yeah. And I imagine all the rest of the same backstage team and everything as well. Yes. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. We all got on so well. And actually, Julie, who's in Bonnie and Clyde, playing Emma, Bonnie's mum, um, that's where we met as well. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. It's a kind of a weirdly small world, the London you know theatre world, it isn't really, it? It really is, yeah. There's a lot of us, but it's strangely a small world at the same time. I suppose because everyone's so lovely and friendly, you do become friends with yes, them all. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for talking to us about your favourite musicals today. You've thank been an incredible you. mayor of musical theatre. Ah, oh, thank you for having me. Thank you. 
That was Francis Maley McCann, an absolutely delightful human being to talk to. So annoying when people who are really talented are also nice human beings, isn't it? It doesn't seem right. Too much goodness. Remember to book yourself some Bonnie and Clyde tickets before they're all gone at bonnieandclydemusical.com. It's a really great show. I loved it. You will not be disappointed. Um, you can follow Francis at um, at Francis Maley on Instagram and Twitter. You can also follow this pod at at Musical Pod. Um, so what do you think about Francis's choices? Agree, disagree? Do get involved in the chat online. And also make sure you head over to musicaltheatrereview.com for all the latest news, reviews and interviews on everything on stage, backstage and worldwide. You can follow them on the social medias as well at at musicaltheatrere on Twitter and at musicaltheatrereview on Instagram. Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast for all the latest episodes. We have some genuinely mind-blowing guests coming up who you won't want to miss out on. And check out the back catalogue for interviews with superstars like Carrie Hope Fletcher, Matt Henry, MBE and Anna Jane Casey, and so many more. We'll be back next week. Goodbye. Keep it musical. Music